Barney, Bishop, and the Council Roundup. And a pretty solid meeting last night. Hour and 45 minutes or so. You had Alderman Donilon really keeping the train on time. And I got to say, Alderman Donilon did a fine job of keeping people on task and trying to rein in any ancillary discussion that had nothing to do with what was being discussed. Uh, but that still uh, didn't keep some people from uh, just having uh, uh, you know, their time to, to say their piece. So uh, a lot we'll get to, including a conversation about the relationship between the city and the county governments. Uh, plus, staffing. Is that an issue with CWLP when it comes to linemen? Uh, a whole bunch of things tackled yesterday at the Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole. And we bring you now the Council Roundup. It's brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location now open for lunch. Head West Subs. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. Now 712, 57 degrees. A bit wet out there in some areas. Let's get going here. Last night started with the treasurer's report. How much of your tax dollars does the city have on hand right now? The corporate fund in the month of November had a beginning balance of $42,080,618. We took in total receipts of $9,493,144. We had total disbursements in the month of November of $7,405,465, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of $44,168,297. Of that ending balance, Chair Donlin, the ending balance of the ARPA funds for the month of November was $15,202,007. This concludes my report, Chair Donlin. Some good money there. They got a lot of those uh, American Rescue Plan dollars, uh, millions of it, just sitting there hanging out. You heard $15 million. They'd received more than $17 million, and they're set next year to get an additional $17 million. So those monies are going to be used somehow, and um, we'll see exactly how those dollars are implemented in the city Uh, but it looks like a lot of it could possibly help with the septic system out at lake springfield Uh, so now with the committee of the whole for those not familiar that's where they field all of these ordinances it's on first reading so to speak Uh, so they determine whether an ordinance is going to go on the debate agenda where next week they'll debate issues Uh, or are they going to go on the consent agenda where they'll vote on all of the non-controversial bills at once so that Last night's the night where they determine which way those ordinances go. So here's an ordinance about septic systems. 21-490, an ordinance authorizing a preliminary agreement between the City of Springfield and Martin Engineering Company for a professional services agreement, engineering design of sanitary sewers on property at Lake Springfield in the amount not to exceed $416,870 for the Office of Public Works and Public Utilities. So this isn't for the actual project. This is for studying and planning of this project. Here's Public Works Director Nate Bottom. It's going to take care of 99% of them, and this is just solely for the design to get so we could put it out to bid, but it is not the permitting. Right, but so this will take care so we. So Alderwoman Conley asking that question, highlighting how uh, this is a, a good use for these dollars, and let's move forward with it. But this engineering will be the first step in getting rid of 99% of those? That's correct. I Wonderful. think this is an excellent use of ARPA funds something that benefits the entire city. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, again, this is for addressing septic systems and getting these uh, lake properties onto a sewer line. Uh, Corporation Council Jim Zirkel, the city's attorney, talked about a little bit more of this. Uh, This is an actual uh, part of the sewer replacement, meaning extending the sewer, 
uh, I don't recall how many properties involved, but the first was design. This is an actual project to uh, install. That is correct, and there are 57 that this will remove off of the lake. Uh, that includes uh, Linden Lane, Hawthorne Lane, as well as houses along East Shore Drive and the Muni Opera. And the program apparently also requires uh, those who are living on these properties to pay for sewer hookup, which could be at least $5,000. So you're looking at some kind of reimbursement there for this. Alderman McMiniman and Alderman Redpath going back and forth about how long uh, Alderman Redpath's been trying to get this issue resolved. How long have you been working on this? Because you're always you know, wanting to do a lot for Ward 1. <laughs> I've been working on it since I walked in the door, Joe. That's good. <laughs> And he has. Uh, there's no question about it. You hear him uh, discuss that uh, at least once a month, if not more. Another measure that came up last night dealt with rail relocation, essentially just directing dollars where they needed to go in order to get this most recent phase put together. So here's an ordinance up for consideration. Yeah. Mike Mendenhall is the new project manager. He's actually taken over for Jim Mall, so I'd like to introduce him. So Mike gets up there to discuss the project and some of the various deadlines and timelines they've got for when this is going to be... Uh, moving forward uh, to consolidate some of the rail traffic downtown Springfield. Along with construction on the at grades at Washington, Monroe, and Capitol Avenue, that is scheduled for a January 21st, 2022 letting. Oh, wow. So just right around the corner. Construction would anticipate to be started about roughly two months after that. And then the uh, main aspect of the project, the uh, Madison and Jefferson Street underpasses would roughly start We've got to get a contractor schedule once they're on board, but we would anticipate fall of next year. And those closures would take 14 months. And then the overall usable segment three project would complete be completed in 2024. Wow. So, yeah, uh, we've been living through this for, for years. <laughs> the rail relocation project could be completed, phase three at least, by 2024. So looking forward to that. Moving on now, uh, another measure that uh, city aldermen last night were dealing with uh, deals with TIF districts. And in particular, whether or not the city's aiming to buy the Pillsbury property. Troubled environmental disaster. How do they exactly get their arms around this? Well, we'll hear about that coming up here on the WMAY morning news feed in the Council Roundup. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Back with the WMAY Morning News Feed Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Now 725. Let's get back into it. TIF update. Looking to uh, expand a TIF district to include a different portion of an area that's been pretty controversial. Let's hear uh, Clerk Lesko lay out the details. 2021-506, an ordinance extending the term of the Enos Park Neighborhood Tax Increment Redevelopment Project Area and Redevelopment Plan and Project to December 15, 2032. Motion for consent. Motion for Second. Second. So in a second for consent. <laughs> so there's uh, some procedural stuff there, but ultimately uh, what's going on here is it's a TIF district that would uh, expand uh, and include uh, some of the, the Pillsbury site where you've got that um, environmental uh, disaster. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but it's just been a big problem. Here's Alderman Redpath and Alderman Williams going back and forth. Could you explain to me, we're <laughs> adding the Pillsbury area 
uh, in, in a lot of these things. Does that mean the Pillsbury building? No. <clears throat> it's just the neighborhood around there? Uh, uh, it well, it's a possibility, but the main focus is going to be on the neighborhoods, the older homes. Uh, the, I think that is not answering my question. Is the Pillsbury building going to be in this? So, again, here's an outline of uh, the parameters that uh, this TIF district, this tax increment financing district, if you're not familiar with what that is, that's um, a fund that diverts certain amounts of property tax dollars into a certain fund, and those property tax dollars are used for redeveloping blighted areas. Takes money away from school districts. Uh, and uh, it also could take uh, tax dollars from other taxing bodies that take some of the property tax money. So there's some controversy when it comes to TIF districts, but there's also a lot of uh, uh, different types of projects that uh, use TIF districts that help revitalize areas. So they're wanting to uh, make sure that this TIF in this area uh, is done right. And here's the outline of the area for this TIF district. Uh, the boundary actually is the north boundary, what extends to North Grand Avenue. The west boundary would be 19th Street. The south boundary would be Reynolds Street. And the east, I'm sorry, the west boundary would be 10th Street. So, giving you an idea physically, uh, geographically, where that's at. Alderman Redpath back with his questions. So, now my question is to the administration Is it your intent to use this money to try to purchase the Pillsbury building? Mayor, would that's a yes or no answer? One. So, here's Corporation Council Zirkle provide for the purchase of the property. Uh, I don't believe there's any intention for the city to, quote, purchase the property. Yeah. Um, there is a discussion going on, on uh, going forward about doing a further environmental study that some of these funds could help fund. Here's Alderman Redpath. And I'm, I'm, I could support this ordinance as long as it's supporting the neighborhoods around at, uh, the Pillsbury building. If there's any intent of this ordinance to purchase the Pillsbury building, I'm totally opposed to it. Everybody on the city council knows the liability issues it's going to put us into if we get into that mess. There's the, the drive by the people who are running the, the Pillsbury reclamation project or, or want us involved in this. It'll put us in a legal disaster. So I'm all for the neighborhoods. Believe me, I know they're going through heck over there, and I want to make sure that we do our best to support them. But we cannot purchase this building. Alderman Hanauer had similar concerns, saying that it should not be purchased by the city, primarily because he said it could open the city up to a whole host of lawsuits. Uh, th there would be people lined up around the block to sue this city because of all the stuff that's happened around that, that site. Um, and we, I, I, I'm, I'm disturbed by the moving Pillsbury forward. They have been trying to force the city to take that over from day one. More from Alderman Hanauer. I don't care if it costs us a dollar. It would be financially crushing for us to do it. I would like to see it cleaned up, but we we should not be the ones doing it. Alderman Sean Gregory saying he agrees we shouldn't purchase that property as the city of Springfield, but this effort is important because there's other resources that could be used to help mitigate what is a big problem there. Conversation about that. I wouldn't vote to purchase the property. Um, but if things were to go well, um, as some of the meetings have, there is opportunity for us to work together along with some state and federal resources to try to start the process. 
So back to uh, Alderman Roy Williams, who's got uh, his two cents to add on this. Groups that are working on this piece are well aware that this council does not want to own or buy or acquire that property. That's been made clear to them, and it's been discussed over and over and over at the meetings that I've been at. Here's Alderman McMiniman chiming in. I think we're trying to fight a boogeyman that doesn't exist right now. We're trying to fight a tiger that doesn't exist by all this talk about the city buying this property. That's not where this plan is going. Uh, so we can all be relieved by that. So uh, me- measure moves forward. Uh, they're going to deal with the uh, the TIF district uh, and uh, get that in place. Uh, of course, you've got to get a variety of other uh, taxing bodies on, play- on, on board as well. Like I said, the school board, anytime a TIF district's created, it takes away uh, the potential tax revenue that a school board can draw from property taxes. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that plays out ultimately. All right, uh, coming back, we will hear about an ordinance concerning camping out at Lake Property. But we'll also hear the rift between the city council and the Singham County Board when it comes to appointees for different types of commissions. So we'll delve into that as well. It's right here with the WMAY Morning News Feed and the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. This is Alderman Sean Gregory, and you're listening to the Council Roundup on WMAY. Every Wednesday... At 7 o'clock, we bring you the Council Roundup. Updates of what's going on at the Springfield City Council. Last night was a committee of the whole. And we'll get into uh, a little bit of back and forth about uh, the relationship between the City of Springfield and the Sangamon County Board. But also some questions about staffing. But here's an ordinance that I find compelling. And Alderman Chuck Redpath lays out uh, something dealing with camping on properties at Lake Springfield. Here's Alderman Redpath. So this is basically a cleanup language for uh, for the land use for uh, Lake Springfield in order to make sure that they're following our rules. Uh, we want to make sure that they're using proper electric, uh, sanitation, that kind of thing. We limited the amount of campers that they can actually have on their on their property, and we are also are issuing, they have to be registered with the city with a, a site plan, and all the campers that uh, they use on there have to be registered and licensed before they can do it. That was not something we had, so this is basically cleanup language. Interesting. Um, I'd love to go camping out at uh, Lake Springfield. I do have my sights on getting a travel trailer at some point, so maybe that's an option in my future. Who knows? Alderman McMiniman, though, has a question about who's able to camp on those properties. There's allowance for camping, but I've never seen that uh, publicized or published. So if you don't belong to a lake club, can you camp out there? And so I think we need to address that issue. So No, you um, can't. Um, so... Uh, I, 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 I think we should allow camping besides those who belong to a private club. Well, here's the thing. And so I, I, talked to I the think what I'd like to do is put this on debate so we can talk about this uh, next week. When, I'm here uh, for it. Our uh, CWLP is here, and they can um, talk what they might do for those that uh, don't pay the fees, don't have the money to join a club out there. $100 a year. $100 bucks a year um, to join a club to go camping during the summer months. 
I I could probably swing that, but some people might not be able to. And they should still be able to, I guess, take part in some camping opportunities. But uh, I'm here for that conversation. So, uh, of course, uh, follow up on that next week, see if there's any more on that. Next up, uh, ordinance concerning uh, uh, an agreement between the city of Springfield and a county-level economic development corporation. Here's uh, Clerk Lesko. 33.500 of the 1988 City of Springfield Code of Ordinances as amended by pertaining to the Springfield Economic Development Commission. So the uh, commission that uh, helps kind of guide uh, economic development in the county, Alderwoman Conley um, uh, taking uh, some questions here. Just to be clear, the city council will not have confirmation authority for these new positions. And this confirmation authority for different positions on boards and commissions is a sticky issue, uh, and that's uh, part of the agreement that's laid out here is who's going to be able to appoint who to where. Uh, and there's, if you've followed the city council for some time, there's an issue with, um, well, I'll just let this play out. That they will designate somebody, the mayor will sub, will send that appointment to the city council the same way that uh, occurred with the health department board. You may recall the city council <laughs> voted just lost and, sent them, <laughs> and sent them forward to the county board. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Alderman uh, Williams and uh, Alderwoman DeCenso um, voicing their, I guess, uh, frustration at uh, the county not taking any of the city's appointees to be on the health board for the county. So you can see where this is going. Uh, we've followed this for, well, since it really kind of splashed out into the public, back, gosh, a year and a half, two years ago or so, when Alderwoman uh, DeCenso was was kept from being part of the Sangamon County Board of Public Health as a city appointee and uh, never got really resolved. And it's left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about all of this. Here's Alderwoman DeCenso. We, we have not been represented at all for well over a year, well, a year now. Um, we were supposed to have two people on, so ever since Alderman Tylen hasn't been sitting here, we only had one person, and then she resigned. So here we are again, you know, giving away something. I understand it's for the greater good. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of it, but give, 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 take, 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 take. We're asking for one seat on the Board of Health. One seat. It is not a ridiculous ask. And that this has gone on for over two years is ridiculous. And everyone on this council, everyone up here, should be incensed that we continue with this ridiculousness. So Alderwoman DeCenso raising this again uh, as there's this agreement about, you know, various boards and commission uh, slots and how they get filled. Uh, Alderwoman Purchase hears Alderwoman DeCenso's concerns, and she talks about leverage. Isn't there any leverage that the city has when it comes to these issues? So what happens, um, Alderwoman DeCenso, when we turn down someone who comes before we us? We never do. That's, the, that's what I'm saying. We never do. But we have the opportunity to do it. Mayor Jim Langfelder chiming in here about what uh, they could possibly do if they felt so inclined. Yeah, that's uh, the council's prerogative. Uh, you know, you can uh, pass it uh, contingent on a appointment to the public health board or what have you. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to see where it goes. I agree with the other woman, DeSenta. We're all incensed by this. Uh, and if we go that route... Then we're stooping down to the county's level. Mm, Alderman Hanauer chiming in on this as well. If we don't do this, 
we're basically not going to get that well, extended, correct? Failed. I mean, this is part of a negotiation that was done in good, I guess, in good faith to 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 to, to add these people and and whatnot. But Alderwoman DeCenso uh, still frustrated that uh, there seems to be an imbalance here. We're asking for one spot. They're asking for a bunch. And a possible amendment? I mean, Alderwoman DeCenso is pretty vocal about her frustrations here. Could they possibly amend this ordinance to allow for that contingent on, we're not going to approve any members for the county uh, unless the county approves the members from the city? I'm, I'm for this. I'm for this. But... You know, once again, we get the short end of the stick. That's the whole point. So Alderman DeCenso not necessarily willing to go forward with an amendment, but Alderman Williams is. The amendment doesn't stop it, though. My amendment wouldn't stop. It, it still won't be blown up, is what I'm saying. I, I do agree with the mayor. And, and that's your feelings. I'm saying how I feel. I was rejected Understood. also. So that's why I am trying to amend it. She's complaining about it. I'm just saying I, I'm trying to do something about it. That's where we differ. More from Alderman Williams. Uh, this one line that says one member shall be designated by the Sangamon County Board should be contingent on once once our our fulfillment on on the health department so we're not defeating this this moves forward we just don't see third person until we're seated if they're living without us we can live without them on that alderman i i think uh, it's certainly proper. i want to offer amendment to with some language uh mr chairman so that's uh chairman uh donnelly uh donnellan rather guiding the meeting uh and you know some of the conversation was steering off a bit but uh alderman williams said i want that amendment brought up so they brought the amendment up and it did not advance uh so they went ahead and moved forward with this amend this this ordinance as is uh here's alderman redpath you know in politics you pick your fights and i can tell you right now that the, this is not a fight we want to be in right now um it puts uh tiff districts in danger the, the extension of the test districts and we've already negotiated this i think you might want to reconsider changing this at this point until we live to fight another day you got to understand you don't it, it, this is not a fight we're going to win it's going to be it's going to be an ongoing battle alderman hanauer chiming in we could hold the animal control contract but the problem with that we don't have any way that we can take care of the animals and I don't think that you, we want the cost to have to deal with that. So it's a question of, you know, how do we go about having the city uh, have some leverage against the county? Uh, and he postulates, well, we could, uh, you know, break off the county contract about animal control. But that would mean the city doesn't have any animal control operations because they don't have the capacity for that. So it's a really sticky situation uh, that uh, we don't have an answer to quite yet. So it's kind of where that lays. Uh, let's move on here to some unfinished business uh, and new business at the tail end of the meeting. Alderwoman DeSense. So chiming in. My older sister, Lakeisha Purchase, a happy birthday tomorrow. That's today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, older woman Purchase. Um, enjoy talking with her. Hopefully we can have her on again here soon. But happy birthday today. Uh, meanwhile, you've got older woman Conley uh, asking the mayor some pretty pointed questions about staffing. Mr. Mayor, and, and as we move forward looking at, at the utilities budget, um, despite having fewer generating units, we still maintain those lines. 
we're still responsible for ensuring that those lines are available to deliver power to our citizens. And I think we need to really be looking at our availability of, of the hardworking people who, who maintain and fix those when we need them. So she said that she's heard from others that there's a shorting of uh, staff for utility workers being able to maintain lines. And uh, she says that's uh, that's unacceptable. Alderman Redpath says, well, they've got the money for it because they're shutting down some of the coal-fired plants out there that's supposed to save some money. Well, it can't be about money because when we retired the three power plants, they said that we're going to save $20 million on each one of them. So where's all that money? It's a good question. Uh, here's the mayor responding to some of these uh, criticisms about um, managing staff for uh, utility workers. Because as we move forward with the retirements, we're moving more towards the uh, delivery side of things. Exactly. Uh, nobody knows where the future holds. Uh, so Dolman 4 is you know, still in place, but uh, you have to have, be able to deliver the transmission. So that's a high priority. But all the woman Connolly says, yeah, that needs more attention than that. And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not throwing sticks at you, Mayor, but you need to make this the priority, not just the departments. We need to know that that leadership shows that we want to hire the people that we need to deliver our services. So she said it's up to leadership and the mayor responding. They'd have to have their head in the sand if they didn't know that the linemen's are our highest priority. I brought that up probably three years ago about succession planning. And so uh, that's what they will explain during their budget. So they all understand it. I mean, it's not rocket science when you know people are going to be retiring. Sure, uh, understood. More from the mayor. I mean, we are losing a lot of individuals, especially with the police department to the state of Illinois, because we cannot keep up with the pay that they are extending to our, our uh, employees. And so that's the challenge we're all in. And here's another bit from the mayor. That's the highest priority is succession. Because as we all know, those in government, information's power. And what people do is tend to withhold information because they feel that's their safety net. That's the importance of succession. So it doesn't matter if someone walks out the door, services continue. And Alderman Redpath with the final word here. First thing you learn in the military is train your successor. You got to have somebody standing in the wings ready to go. And anybody that's in leadership should be doing that. So that's not your fault. It's your manager's fault. Well, but the buck stops somewhere, right? Uh, and how do you uh, get uh, the right people hired if you don't have the right HR director in place? Well, that's an interesting question. So... Uh, that is an issue I don't think is going to go anywhere anytime soon, but that is your council roundup here on the WMAY morning news feed brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. I'm Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out for the council roundup. Hopefully you enjoyed it and are informed of the latest happenings of what's happening at the Springfield City Council.